When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Baldy's Breakdowns, the podcast with NFL insiders Brian Baldinger and Jason LaConfora, an Odyssey Sports original. Welcome to the latest edition of Baldy's Breakdowns. We come to you as always courtesy of our friends at Odyssey. Uh, you can listen to us on the Odyssey app, Spotify, uh, iTunes, wherever you get your podcast goodness. I'm Jason Lockenfor at Jason Lockenfor on Twitter. I am joined as always by my buddy Brian Baldinger at Baldy NFL. And my oh my things, <laughs> things have gone nuts in this league since we last convened this incredible, bizarre, uh, never ending blockbuster offseason rolls on. And, and Baldy, we will have. The distinct pleasure to chat about a number of massive NFL transactions, including Deshaun Watson going from the Texans to the Browns. Matt Ryan going from Atlanta to Indianapolis. Tyreek Hill leaving Kansas City for Miami. Devontae Adams leaving Green Bay for the Raiders and what that means for all of those teams. And we'll probably chat a little bit about Baker Mayfield's future as well. But. Of all the uh, significant and 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 noteworthy things, transactions that have happened in this league since we last chatted, um, the Deshaun Watson signing on a multitude of levels, Baldy, for me, is um, one of the more bizarre transactions I can think of. Um, and I think it will end up being one of the more impactful transactions in league history, not so much even for what Deshaun Watson brings to Cleveland, but for what the re- that, that new contract and to reward a player under that much civil and criminal scrutiny with a contract like that, that is structured to avoid financial penalty for suspension, that is structured to waive their right to recoup money even if he's suspended and we all believe he's going to be suspended for some of his past actions and allegations um, and to fully guarantee a 230 million dollar contract for a guy who's never played it down for you for a guy who earlier that week was um, possibly facing uh, an indictment from a grand jury on charges of sexual assault and sexual misconduct at least allegations of such it's staggering, Baldy. I, I still am not sure I've gotten my my head all the way around it. No, I, you know, it, it's disturbing. It's disturbing on every level, and um, you know, we 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 there's, like you said, there's a lot of levels to all of this. Um, the the importance of the quarterback position it's been reset. Uh, it's an NBA contract, fully guaranteed. Um, so much money, so much investment, and. <clears throat> I don't know how anybody on in any PR business can make any of this stain go away or lessen any of it. No. Um, because really we're, we're back to the same uh, argument, Jason, that, you know, if, 
if you're good enough, if you're talented enough, it doesn't really matter what you do. We'll, we'll find a way to get you back in a uniform yeah. and play, you know? And so, I mean, we, I guess we should let everybody know that we're, we're taping this on the day that he's going to have a press conference or he's scheduled, scheduled to, to have yes. a press conference in a couple hours. So we don't know yet what's going to come out. So this is, you know, pre-press conference. And so, you know, I'm mean, look at we're, we're in this business where we have to talk about this stuff. It's it's the biggest news, but it's you know, it's not easy to talk about it. And it, there's going to be blowback and pushback and, um, you know, there's going to be some major protest and Cleveland's got to, you know, they got to be able to withstand all of this, um, you know, and then go forward. So it's not easy, but it comes down to if you're talented enough and you're good enough. Uh, your past transe- transgressions, can we we can look the other way. And, you know, we've done this before with a lot of players, but I'm not sure <sighs> to this point, that we've seen anything like this no. before. You know, I mean, there was Mike Vick, and I remember being in Philly when the Eagles signed Mike Vick and under the allegations of, you know, uh, dogfighting and all of that. But Mike Vick came pretty clean pretty quickly yes. about what he had done. Um it didn't make it go away under any circumstances, but he he did he was able to recover. Uh, but this this seems a little bit different to me than all that. No, you 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 chose a a, a great adjective. It is it is disturbing. Um, it's the world we're living in, and professional sports, as you said, I don't think people should be shocked by this because talent will trump all in the end, almost all the time. Baldy, if you're uh, like, say, Steve Bishotti in Baltimore, if you're the Bidwells and you're watching this unfold, let's put the morality aspect of it aside because there were a number of teams chasing Deshaun Jackson despite all of these allegations and a number of teams that would have paid him um, would have reworked his contract. Now, I don't know that anybody else would have gone to this extreme, but if you're negotiating with Lamar Jackson, if you're negotiating with Kyler Murray and, and even the, the Broncos now with a Russell Wilson. Like if I'm representing one of those guys, I'm saying, wait a minute, an NFL franchise gave that much guaranteed money and gave this guy a 33% raise after a year in which he played no football for $10 million. So we could find out what did or didn't happen in regards to his interactions with these women. If he got all that and he's never played a snap, never signed an autograph for the Cleveland Browns, never did a public appearance for the Cleveland Browns, never did a damn thing for the Cleveland Browns, then my guy's got to be worth $250 million fully guaranteed from day one. Well, we've seen this quarterback carousel spin like we've never seen it before. And you've got to get the position filled. I mean, really, you know, we're – we're a copycat league. I mean, that's that's a cliche. But to see Tom Brady go to Tampa Bay and win a Super Bowl, to see Matt Stafford go to Los Angeles and win a Super Bowl, I mean, really the trend is if you have the right guy at that position, you can put enough around him and you can win it all. Um, and that's really, you know, what these teams are looking at right now. So the importance of the position, Kansas City's finding out that when you pay Patrick Mahomes $50 million a year, um, and you spend over 20% of your cap on one player, you're not going to be able to keep your star wide receiver. Uh, you know, and so all of a sudden, a guy like Tyreek Hill, um, who's had six phenomenal seasons in a row in Kansas City, uh, is now in Miami. And so 
that's that, that's the repercussion of spending so much money on your cap and why it's so important, even in Baltimore right now, uh, that if you can if you can play uh, or or Kyler Murray, if you can play with that quarterback on the rookie contract for one more year, um, it, it could really you can really keep a, a good chunk of your team together and you can go for it one more time. And, you know, that's what Baltimore is faced with right now. Do you extend Lamar Jackson right now? And to what degree? And it's a little difficult because he doesn't really have an agent representing him that's fighting. You know, it's it's kind of a family setup. You know it better than I do how you negotiate with Lamar Jackson. It was difficult when he was a rookie. It's going to be difficult now. And with the the the, the contracts that are out there uh, – they, they look tricky to me, Jason. They don't look like uh, how you fit this stuff under the cap. I mean, it looks like, you know, you've got to be a math major yeah. at the very least to figure some of this stuff out to make sure you maximize the most for your player. So I'm sure Baltimore's looking at this going, man, we, you know, we're going to have to restructure a whole lot of contracts. That's what all these teams are doing in order to get our quarterback in. And I, under everything that I hear, they, they're going to do everything they can to keep Lamar. Uh, you know, and I'm not sure about exactly what's going on in Arizona. The agent represents the general manager, the coach, and the quarterback, Eric Burkhardt, yep. in Arizona. That's that's an an odd configuration to begin with. Uh, and one of the reasons why Kyler has been a little bit uh, – some rumblings coming out of his side of the camp. So uh, – but it's not going to be easy to get, to get some of this stuff done and to keep, you know, the majority of your team together. No, uh, Jimmy Haslam just threw a major wrench into uh, what some of these other teams were going to have to pay their quarterback. Uh, we, we we both obviously um, uh, find that the the optics. Well, I mean the optics, the the reality of of this trade um, to be uh, I don't know disheartening um, or 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 um, or troubling to say the least. But it. Deshaun Watson is a member of the Cleveland Browns now, and he's going to play football for them this year. We don't know how many games. Obviously, that'll be pending uh, league discipline. But, I, I mean, if they're able to, to keep Jarvis Landry, and as we record this, Baldy, they're trying. And if they're able to keep Jadavion Clowney, and as we record this, they're trying. Obviously, this, this puts the Cleveland Browns in a different stratosphere in a very tough and deep AFC than they would have been had they just been status quo under Baker Mayfield, correct? Yeah, I mean, you know, they're a player, you know. I mean, they've had some battles, even with Baker Mayfield when he was the quarterback, um, and he's still a member of the Cleveland Browns, you know, as of today. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they, they've had great battles with Cincinnati, and they have, uh, you know, the AFC North is highly competitive. Nobody has run away with it last year. Cincinnati, you know, won the division, but it wasn't a runaway obviously had a great postseason and they have done a lot of things the right way. And, you know, through free agency, they've struck gold and, you know, they've drafted very, very well. And they've got a, a very, very cohesive and talented team as a result. And they've addressed the offensive line like we thought they would. Yes, sir. And we'll see if those pieces come together, Alex Kappa and Lyle Collins, some of the guys that they've signed. But, you know, it's, it's to me, the division, we'll see how many games Deshaun Watson can play this year. I'm just going to a football standpoint. I want to, 
you know, try to uh, play judge and jury on this thing here. But, I mean, from a talent and football standpoint, there are legitimate players in this whole thing. And so it's the division is crazy wide open to me. And, uh, you know, Baltimore obviously had a down year last year, an odd down year where they, they had more injuries than anybody else in the league. And, you know, they've made changes on the defensive side of the ball. And so, um, to me, when you, we start, you know, roughly Labor Day weekend or the week after this year, um, you know, it's, it's, it's anybody's game right now. Uh, you mentioned Tariq Hill, and we will get to that blockbuster deal in a minute here. But uh, closing the, the chapter on the Browns, Baker Mayfield obviously will be dealt at some point. If I was managing Baker Mayfield's career, Baldy, my dream scenario uh-huh. would be, okay, Garoppolo starts throwing the ball in July. Somebody trades for Garoppolo at that point. I think Baker Mayfield with Kyle Shanahan would be very interesting. He's making, what, about $6 million less than Garoppolo. Um, he's at a, a you know an earlier point in his career still than Garoppolo. I think if, if San Francisco wanted some Trey Lance insurance, but they wanted it, you know, a little bit different, maybe a little bit cheaper, maybe um, a different sort of upside. Does that make sense to you? Well, there's not a lot of landing spots, Jason. I mean, you go through the 31 other teams after Cleveland and there's not a lot of landing spots, but yes. But what does that say to Trey Lance? Is it still Trey Lance is quarterback number one and Baker is his backup? Is it a competition? If it is a competition, how do you do it? Uh, You know, it it, it creates a new set of problems, but there isn't, you know, a viable insurance policy. And Baker does come out of a very similar offense uh, in Cleveland than what uh, Kyle Shanahan is running. Um, Kevin Stefanski and, you know, that, that, um, you know, that genre, what he did in Minnesota and then Cleveland, it's, it's very similar run based, a lot of play action. Uh, Baker was, was pretty, he has been good at it. He was good two years ago to two, two years ago. He was very good at it. Uh, got him to the playoffs, won a playoff game running that system. So, you know, I, I think it's a good fit. I just don't know what you're telling Trey Lance if you bring Baker Mayfield, a former number one draft pick, into your, uh, you know, into your fold, and he picks this thing up really quickly. And then what do you do? Like, is it – I just don't know how you structure it right now. But it does make sense. You're going to have to need a player there in case Trey Lance isn't ready or doesn't play at the level that you need around a team that looks, you know, playoff ready. I mean, that would be my bigger concern is what if we put all our eggs in Trey Lance's basket and he's not, he, he's clearly not ready and he hasn't played much football of any sort the last few years. You know what I mean? Then what does the rest of the locker room, how do they respond to that? But we'll see if Seattle makes a play for Baker as well. That could be a possibility. Although I can, I continue to come back to Seattle and wonder if that's where Jordan love, Lands. Um, Tyreek Hill, as you mentioned, leaves the fold. Baldy, I, I, we talked about the uh, ramifications of Deshaun Watson's new deal. Christian Kirk comes out of sort of nowhere, resets the wide receiver market. Devontae Adams uh, then takes it to another level. And at that point, the Chiefs, uh, and we'll talk about Devontae in a minute, the Chiefs then realize the price point has shifted for Tyreek Hill. Um, they look at this draft and feel like there's some good receivers in there. 
they decide to trade Tyree Kill to Miami. Miami has a track squad there assembled for Mike McDaniel, their new head coach. That's going to be very interesting. And the Chiefs now have multiple picks in the first, second, third, and fourth rounds to address um, some of their needs. And I think edge and wide receiver would be prominent among them. Uh, how do you assess this this trade? Well, it, you know, it, it's it's a byproduct of, you know, the, the contract that, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes received and the limitations that it puts on you. And you can't keep your whole team together. I was surprised they kept it together last year after the Mahomes contract. But they kept it together. Um, you know, but you're you're not going to be able to keep teams together and great pieces together the way Kansas City has. They're going to lose a big chunk of what has made them successful. However, uh, I've been around Andy Reid since he came into this league. Um, he is a great coach. He's a great designer of offense, and he's a great coach at what you give him, he'll make work. And so they're going to go uh, with a lot of pieces, and they, they said so after the trade. We have a chance to rebuild our team. And that's what you have to do. And, you know, now you it puts a premium on how you draft and how you develop your young players. And that's what coaching is all about. So I don't think there's any fear in Kansas City. It's nice if you can throw, a, you know, a six-yard shallow cross to Tyree Kill and, you know, he goes 64 yards for a touchdown against Buffalo in a playoff game. Um, that speed is gone. Uh, I don't think Nicole Hardman has that type of ability. He, he's fast. I don't think he has the ability that Tyreek has. But, you know, Patrick Mahomes, I, you know, when you look at the careers of Drew Brees and Tom Brady and, and Peyton Manning, look at how many different receivers scored yeah. touchdowns for yeah. these guys. I mean, when you get the right guy, the quarterback makes the receivers. And so if you go into this draft and you take Chris Olave, I don't, you know, I don't know what they're going to do. I've seen Andy Reid draft in the first round. People say Andy Reid never drafts in the first round of wide receiver. But, you know, Jeremy Macklin and yeah. Freddie Mitchell were first-round draft picks in Philadelphia. You know, at, at times he's done it. And, you know, Freddie Mitchell was was not a um, – he had a career, but it wasn't, you know, what, what you'd want with the first-round pick. But, you know, Jeremy Macklin was in this league 10 years. He, he, was, uh, he was a great player. It was a good pick out of Missouri. So, uh, you know, they'll, they'll go to the draft, you know, and they, they picked up Marcus Valdez Scantling who uh -huh. has elite talent. He just hasn't really put it together yet. Um, you know, maybe that was a function of the offense. Maybe it was function of not getting really in sync with Aaron Rodgers. but I believe Patrick Mahomes will give him every opportunity to become and maximize his talent, you know, and there's still Kelsey there. And, you know, so, but they, they got to rebuild the team in some ways in a very, competitive AFC West, but I, I put my money on Patrick Mahomes and Andy yep. Reid and Brett Veach right now to go re rebuild this team because, you know, they've lost to Marcus Robinson and other pieces. So they got to rebuild it. And I think they're okay with that. I am too. And you look at what they've kept though, right? They rebuilt the offensive line last year and those guys are yep. all in. And they kept Zeus. And, yes. And the year before that, they kept Chris Jones, but people didn't think they could. So they prioritized the trenches. And again, I think we'll see them draft some D linemen and edge in this draft. And they'll draft receiver as well. And will will any of those guys be Tyree Kill? Maybe not. But in that offense, I think they'll be just fine. Miami Baldy over there. I mean, we're talking about you keep Gasecki, who's, you know, he's listed as a tight end, but he, he's really a receiver. And Jalen Waddle came into his own quickly and yep. was a thing. 
They add Cedric Wilson, who gives them more burst. Then you add the cheetah on top of it and the best left tackle available uh, in free agency. And you upgrade a fullback, which is an important position in McDaniel's yep. offense. Alec Engel. And you add, yeah, and you add another offensive lineman. And the defense was great last year, the second half, and he left that alone. They are a very intriguing team to me. Oh, yeah, and they got two track guys in the running in the running back room now in Mostert, and we saw what he did in this system in San Francisco when he was yep. healthy. Chase Edmonds. And Edmonds, you talk about transforming your offensive identity. Well, you know, look, everybody's chasing Buffalo. And I don't know that anybody has done it better than Buffalo over the last three years and building a team around their quarterback. And Josh Allen is a superstar. Uh, you know, he's, he's almost incomparable in his abilities. And so they've, they've done everything right, you know, and Von Miller joins Buffalo and, you know, they're viable, really viable. And so that's what they're chasing right now. And really Buffalo has owned Miami. They, they've owned them. I mean, from the day Josh Allen got there, even when he couldn't really throw it very well and he didn't have a lot of great talent to throw it to, he ran right through Miami. And so, but now to me, this puts, if, if there is such a thing as pressure to put something together very quickly, this puts a great deal of pressure on Mike McDaniel and on Tua, Tonga Valoa. Is Tua the guy? Legit, is he the guy? Because you can't really build around a quarterback bigger or better than what they have just done. Um, you can't give them any more pieces nope. uh, than what they have added. And now, how do you put this together? And what's it going to look like? Because I, I have a feeling that as much as Mike McDaniel has shared time with Mike Shanahan and Kyle Shanahan, this is a very bright man. Yes. And I have a feeling it might look a little different than what we're used to seeing in San Francisco. It, it did when, you know, Sean McVay, uh, you know, left the fold and when Matt LaFleur left the fold and some other guys left, they put their own spin on their offenses. And I think it's going to look a little different in Miami. However, uh, they're built to compete with Buffalo right now. And that's who they've been chasing since Buffalo drafted Josh Allen. And I think they have on paper, they have, you know, closed the yes. gap considerably. Uh, you just got to see how quickly it can all come together right now. And what it's going to look like. But Tua has to stay healthy. And, you know, he's got to play at a very high level. And it remains to be seen if he's in, you know, the Josh Allen or the Patrick Mahomes stratosphere in a wild, wild AFC right now. Got another pet theory to run by you, Baldy, before we get to the other massive wide okay. receiver transaction. Hear me out here. Let's say Tua has a nice season, but it's fairly pedestrian right and they're getting a lot of their yards not on air yards but on yak and and look they've got yak guys so i get it like let's say it's good but not great and let's say baltimore and arizona can't resolve their situations with their quarterbacks and now lamar is looking at a franchise tag and kyler's looking at a fifth year option and those teams have not shown a willingness to pay that quarterback premium just yet and and give them what i think it's going to take especially in lamar's case probably close to 250 million fully guaranteed. I look at a guy like Steve Ross and Lamar being a South Florida kid and I just wonder in this new age NFL that we're in that that could that 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 you know am I crazy to think 9 months from now Steven Ross is saddling up to the Ravens saying what's it going to take to get Lamar if you don't want to pay this kid you know if you just if if if, if this is going to be a franchise tag situation and you can't come to terms with it 
give me give me a shot at it. I'll give you whatever you want. I'll trade all the future draft capital you want because we're ready to win right now. We're just a quarterback away. Well, I mean, you know, the, the, the financial gymnastics that are being done to some of these teams to fit players under the cap. I mean, you just paid Teron Armstead and Tyreek Hill, elite contracts, Manny Agba. You know, I mean, you're paying some some players now. Um, you know, could they could they financially do it? I'm sure that it can be done because everybody else seems to be able yeah. to do it when they have to. So I guess there's a way to do it. Um, you know, you restructure these contracts and you know just keep pushing yeah. the ball down the, you know, down the down the street, you know, a little bit. So I guess it could be done, but I, I it, nothing nothing would surprise nothing after this offseason would surprise me, especially when it comes to the quarterback position of what you pay. Because let's face it, a lot of this is being done this offseason, Jason, because people truly don't feel like the quarterback class that's coming out, it remains to be seen. Yeah. But, you know, it's whether it's Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis or, you know, pick a guy, um, it doesn't seem like there's a Lamar Jackson or, uh, you know, Joe Burrow or Josh Allen in this class. And so when teams look at that, they're like, well, what's out there? Well, we'll do this. And so – I think that none of it, none of that uh, theory of yours would surprise me at this point at all. And knowing a little bit about Stephen uh-huh. Ross and what he, you know, what he's trying to put together in South Florida, and uh, you know what he's trying to build, Lamar would make a lot of sense. Devonte Adams leaves Lambeau Field for what is it, Alliance Stadium or whatever they call that beautiful football Taj Mahal out there in the desert, reunites with his college quarterback, Derek Carr, joins an offense that already had Waller as maybe the most difficult matchup tight end in the league, Renfro, who finds all those seams underneath and has become a real slot guy um, who who can keep the chains moving. Um They've got a running back who can catch the ball very effectively out of the backfield mm-hmm. in Jacobs. I thought Edwards made some strides last year. And a head coach now in Josh McDaniels, who's been an offensive guru. What do you think of this move uh, for both the Raiders and the Packers, Baldy? I thought the Packers were all in to win uh, one more with, with uh, A-Rod. Well, if he does it, it's going to have to be without Devontae. Yeah, and um, they, they, you know, you, you, you can't replace Devontae Adams and what he's done. I mean, the thing about the Packers over the years, I mean, going back to Sterling Sharp is, you know, you, you get yourself a receiver, you develop them, you know, within the system, and they become great players and the go-to guys. And, you know, Devontae Adams had a trust with Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers had a trust with Devontae, almost unlike and unmatched by any quarterback wide receiver duo in the league, whether it was third down, red zone, fourth down. I mean, the ball was going to the Devontae to finish out a game, yes. a playoff game against Seattle. The ball was going to the Devontae. And they just had, um, you know, a sixth sense about where you need to be. And that's very difficult to develop. It just doesn't happen with everybody. Devontae, I, I sat down with him two years ago at the Pro Bowl. We did a film session. Um, you know, he he really is a thinking man's wide receiver. Uh, and then, you know, uh, talent and, uh, you know, everything from the release to playing the ball in the air to using your body. I mean, he's just a 
the consummate pro. Uh, that's a big void in Green Bay. I, I think they're still the team to beat in that division. Um, you know, I, I don't see Detroit or Chicago challenging at this point. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Jones is a big part, and, you know, they've got, you know, the running back position is filled. Uh, the offensive line is good. So defensively, they're in good shape. I, you know, I, I still think Green Bay is a team to sure. I don't know that they're going to be a top five offense. But for the Raiders, you know, Josh McDaniels can't ask for anything more than what he just got. I mean, period. Yep. He's got the maybe the number one wide receiver in football, and he wants to be a Raider. He's talked about growing up dreaming about yep. being a Raider, and he's with this quarterback from college that made him, you know, the, the – uh, the best receiver coming out of the draft at, at a Fresno eight years ago. I mean, he, he led college football in receiving in that offense with Derek Carr. So they have a chemistry uh, already. And Renfro is an unbelievable player. And you get Waller healthy. I mean, Josh McDaniels can't ask for anything more to go design offense right now. And that's his specialty. And so they, they should, you know, they should hit the field running this year uh, at a very high level. And so we'll see what they do in the draft. But, you know, this looks like a team that, you know, offensively, they should very much be a top 10 offense and maybe higher than that. Yeah, I I, I think the sky's the limit for them and maybe sure up the offensive line a little bit more in the draft. Um, and they certainly need linebackers. I, I'm not saying they're the team to beat in the AFC, but all of a sudden, even in that deep AFC West, the Raiders look a lot more viable to me, Baldy. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Final transaction that I want to chat with you about. And this one, the timing of this one, I'll never figure out. Um, trading Matt Ryan, I, I've been begging the Falcons to trade Matt Ryan for two or three years because they needed to do a full reboot. They needed to trade him and Grady Jarrett and Julio when they could get maximum return for them because this was a team that was going nowhere, you know, and, and yep. kind of had three or four stars and everybody else is is – a journeyman or, a, a, you know, a not going to work out or overdrafted or, you know, it just, it wasn't a well-constructed team and, and and it would play out year after year. But Baldy, I look at the NFC at the start of this week and I'm not saying that being a wild card team is something you put banners up about, but they can't draw fans there. There's no excitement. You've paid Matt Ryan all this money. I'm looking at the NFC now saying, geez, Atlanta, I mean, they have a decent draft. They, they, you know, they kind of have a shot. And you trade them for a third round pick. Like you, you tell teams like Washington that are calling you before Carson Wentz. No, no, we're good. We're good. You lose out on Deshaun Watson. And then you trade this guy for third and bring in Marcus Mariota. I, I don't know, well, brother. I, I just feel like that is a, a, that team to me is just kind of stuck in neutral like they they, they, they don't even have a, a a direction they're not going forward they're not going in reverse they're just perpetually well, in neutral well they you know when they when they hired arthur smith last year i mean that was the time to, yes. re, to, to redo this whole thing i don't you know whether it's justin fields or you know whoever you you could have been in a position to take i mean they're a year too late and and now they're giving matt ryan away to a team that couldn't have been any more fortunate to be honest with you, I mean, this is a very, this is still a very good player. I think he's better than Philip Rivers was when they won eleven games two years ago with him at quarterback. They got great leadership from Philip. Um, he really, you know, was was a good stopgap there at the end of his career. I feel like this Matt Ryan couldn't be 
in an any better position. He's got a team ready made to win with, you know, the best young okay. running back in football. Uh, he's never played behind an offensive line um, led by Quentin Nelson like this before in Atlanta. Never. Uh, even when they went to a Super Bowl, I don't think the offensive oh. line was as good as it is right now. And so uh, they'll draft another receiver. We'll, we'll see, you know, what they can do. They, uh, But defensively, they were second in the league in takeaways. You know, Matt Ryan's going to get extra at-bats. Yeah. It's very well coached. I mean, Matt Ryan can't ask for anything more at the end of his career here to go do maybe what Tom Brady and Matt Stafford has just done. Uh-huh. Maybe he's the guy that can elevate that team deep into the postseason, make a run right now. So uh, Matt Ryan has got to be ecstatic right now. Um, you know, and Jimmy Ursay, uh, I know that organization very, very well. Um, they will treat him like he's never been treated before. And not, that's not to say anything bad about Arthur right. Blank. But uh, but this, this is a golden opportunity for Matt Ryan to really, you know, end a great career on a very good note. But Atlanta – I don't, you know, the, you know, the phrase dumpster fire comes to Ooh. mind, but wow. I don't know where you even start right now. Yeah. They just seem to be out in the abyss and, and, and for the owner to now finally embrace that. Oh yeah. We got to do some of this when, you know, you, you waited too long on Julio. You got not nothing. You wait too long on that. You get, you get next to nothing, especially at a time when people are throwing picks around like crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, if I'm a Falcons fan, like I, I you know, you 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 passed on all these quarterbacks the last few years. It, it's a, it'd be a bitter pill for me to swallow if I'm a Falcons fan. Like I don't know how you're going to sell me on the short term future of this football team. No, I, I I agree, but you know, I I I mean, I did five years of preseason Atlanta Falcons football when Mike Smith was there, and. They had, you know, under Matt Ryan, they they put together some pretty good yes. teams, and they couldn't draw them, yeah. you know. And that's with a shiny new stadium that they built, and you know, and all that kind of stuff. They still couldn't get. I mean, you sometimes, uh, Jason. I'm not, I'm not overstating this, but there were some times when you put some high school teams in there on Friday night, yeah. and there was more exciting, yeah. you know, more excitement, and certainly the SEC championship yes. game in that building. Um, certainly was. Uh, it's been it's been a difficult sell in Atlanta, and I don't know. You know, you could say Kyle Pitts. I, you know, it starts with the quarterback. Um, so I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, maybe they draft one of these guys this year. Uh, I don't know if they're in a position to do that or not. But uh, you know, I think you're going to overdraft if you do it. So, I, you know, it's it's tough. But Indianapolis is the benefactor in all of this, and I'm sure Washington was saying. <laughs> You know, please. How do we? How do we miss out on this? Uh, and so it's as the world turns. Yeah. It's not looking very good in Atlanta. It's looking a whole lot better in Indy than it was a week ago. One other transaction fallout um, from the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. Before we get out of here, Jameis Winston to the Saints. You and I, I think, thought all along that that would make a lot of sense if they weren't able to do uh, something like get a Deshaun Watson. He was playing pretty good ball under Sean Payton. Uh, Jameis's personality can be a little interesting at times, but he's been in that locker room for years. They they get it. They've seen him eat W's or whatever that was. Uh, I like it, Baldy, and and I think the Saints are a very viable team in the NFC. Well, the defense is legit. 
you know, and so, I mean, nobody can compete with Tampa quite like the Saints can defensively. I mean, you shut out Tom Brady, you know. Um, you know, there, there was a lot of – there was a great deal of confidence in that defense. So, you know, you're going to lose Teron Armstead, and, you know, they got to get that fixed and replaced. They've got to add a whole lot of talent around Jameis. Uh, but, you know, Jameis, we'll, we'll see when he's ready to play, Jason. I mean, I was – there the day uh, against Tampa uh-huh. this year when he tore that ACL. So I think that was, you know, I think it was late October, early November when he did it. So I don't know what the time frame is, if he's going to be ready to go week one. Um, but look, they didn't have a whole lot of options. And I think it's a good fit. He's been there two years. I think the players like Jameis. I think they believe in him. And, uh, you know, he did a, a much better job of taking care of the football yes. um, when, when he was there. But the offense made a lot more sense than some of the things that he was asked to do in Tampa. So, yes, I, I think that's a good – I think they looked around. I think they made some phone calls, which you should do. And at the end, uh, I think they're pretty content having Jameis to go compete with right now. Yeah, Um I think when you look at this whole landscape of quarterbacks, um, sometimes dancing with the one that brought you in the known commodity and getting them at your price and still having the wherewithal, as the Saints do, to draft one and develop one, um, maybe you know, maybe even in this draft, makes a lot of sense. Well, Baldy, Lord knows what's going to happen in this yeah. <laughs> in this wacky league before you and I um, before you and I chat again. This has already been. Um, the most remarkable offseason I can think of in, in my 48 years on this planet. Um, and we will start pivoting a little bit more towards the draft next month as well. Um, but we thank you all for listening to this latest edition of Baldy's Breakdowns. Again, thanks to our friends at Odyssey. Please give us feedback, rate, review, um, subscribe, iTunes, Spotify, uh, the Odyssey app, wherever you guys find us. We're everywhere. And uh, we look forward to chatting with you guys again when uh, there will be no shortage of things to talk about because the NFL never sleeps, Baldy. Well, it's uh, it's 24-7. We, we, we're enjoying an offseason unlike anything we've ever seen. It's great for the fans. It's good for the league. Um, and we'll see where it goes from here. But, um, you know, the the big chunk of free agency is over. Now it's really time to – the. The pro days are underway, and we're getting through that. I mean, it's it's full speed ahead to the draft right here. So we're a month away, Jason, and uh, we got a lot to talk about. So look forward to the, our next uh, meeting here.